Welcome to another episode of Not Your Average Nezens. This is Ash, and I am joined by my lovely co-podcasters, Jimin. Hi, everyone. And Nat. Hello. And we are back for more K-pop gossip and discussion. How is everyone doing? Uh, well... As of right now, um, let's see. Donald J. Trump is no longer president. (laughs) That's a good thing. (laughs) Always. Um, Very much looking forward to going back to not being the laughing stock of the world. Um, And yeah, I mean, other than that, it's been uh, an interesting day, just seeing all of the things going on with the inauguration and everything. Um, but I'm excited to be here, to be back with Not Your Average Netizens after uh, two weeks, I guess. <laughs> so, Nat, how are you? Um, I'm good, I guess. I don't know. The world keeps spinning and, you know, we're just here, happy to be alive. Well, since we have freedom <laughs> of speech, and since you, you have freedom of speech in Canada, yeah. we can go ahead and say this. Yes. Justin Trudeau, just stop. Literally just stop. Yeah. This is basically in reference to the Keystone pipeline, but also, I mean, the blackface situation was not a good look. And... I mean, there's a lot of examples of Justin Trudeau maybe being the best option in comparison to his peers, but also still being terrible. And I know that a lot of people are like, oh, he's hot. You know, he looks like Eric from Little Mermaid or whatever. But <laughs> do, you remember when, uh, do you remember when to tie this to K-pop? Do you remember when yeah. VTS Jimin was supposed to be? They were saying he was going to be Eric, Eric in Little Mermaid. Mermaid. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> And I'm like, oh. Yeah. And Korea really showed <laughs> how racist they were when when that rumor started. So. Yeah, well, they yikes for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, we. Canada. Okay, I'm going to go on record here. Canada is not some utopia of multiculturalism and, you know, love and peace and harmony. People are not holding hands and you know just singing kumbaya like that's not it i don't know where that came from probably because canadians and americans are so close but kind of very different when you think of like um some of the louder (laughs) um, americans uh but at the end of the day, the same white folk from England came over here and some of them went north, some of them went south. Some of them said, we are not paying taxes for this tea. And some of them said, I will gladly pay whatever taxes you want, Queen Victoria. Let me know. And so the problems in other countries, especially in you know North and South America, when it comes to indigenous people, those problems are here, guys. They still, they don't have clean running water. They have high rates of suicide, alcoholism, residential school systems. You should look it up. We do have to study it in high school for a reason, guys. And we had an MP last year, the year before, this 
horse face bitch. I'm going to call her that because that's what she is, who came on record talking about how um, residential school systems were great for indigenous people because her family must have been, you know, in these programs and um, how, you know, the children that they stole from their homes and made them hate themselves and, you know, strip them of their language and their culture while also abusing them sexually, emotionally, and physically. Um, she kind of was saying that, you know, bad things did happen, but residential school systems are great. And then when she got pushed back, she created a site where she had fake letters being sent to her saying that from people around the country who agreed and supported her. Um, so we have trash. That's guys. a Trump move. We absolutely, proud boys have a lot of, support in Canada, especially in Western Canada, Nova Scotia, white folk were burning down fisheries and of indigenous people and burning their cars up and attacking them while the police stood by and said, um, we're on break. So Canada is not the utopia that you guys want to believe. Yes. You know, we have some things that we take for granted here because America you know, and our closest as our closest ally doesn't have like universal health care. But, you know, we do pay a lot in taxes and we do have to put up with the same bullshit. So. Moral of the story. Yeah. There, nobody's safe out here in any country. So. No, every country has its problems. No country is perfect. No country is. Honestly, I would say that the only country so far that, you know, had, you know, it's, you know, itself on the front page of, of BS was New Zealand. And they actually made steps in response to those things. <laughs> you know, they had that, that shooting, they banned guns. They had COVID. They locked the whole shit down and they gave everybody money. Do they have COVID? They have very, very, very low rates. I would say, like, I'm not saying it's a utopia either because I don't live there, but I'm just saying, like, you know, look at what the country does in response to things, you know? Um, I think that's a good indication of the policies and the politics there and the culture there. And so I think that I just really wish that people would stop saying (laughs) that Canada is a a fantastic, amazing, wonderful country. It's actually like a very pervasive, um, just as a side note, a very pervasive thought in like a lot of people I know specifically from South Korea. Like a lot of people really, really like kind of put Canada on a pedestal. And um, I've never been to Canada, so I can't speak to it, but certainly having Canadian friends and also the fact that a whole Drake exists and a whole <laughs> Bieber, like it doesn't give me a lot of confidence. <laughs> I will say like, I feel like I do understand what it means to be patriotic. Cause you know, Canada did make me and um, I like me. So I, I think that I might have been a different person to say if my grandmother had decided to, to move not to Toronto, but to like, you know, England or the States, which is like, those are like the three hubs that Jamaicans generally go to. So I literally either go to New York, Toronto, or literally Miami. London. Like there's... Or, Mi- or Miami, yeah. I would have been one of those places, guys, just throwing that out there. But... So uh, 
<laughs> but and you know, there are a lot of things about Canada that I do love. So I'm not like saying Canada is like the worst country in the world because I don't I don't think that either. But I do feel like the whole utopia and like Canadians are so nice and polite and all that stuff. I think that's BS. And I I do I do want people just to have a lot more context. I can't it. believe okay, like yeah, you like to wear roots. You like red and white. Great. What's roots? Sorry. What's roots? Oh, uh, so if so, roots is like our national brand. Pretty much, it's like a really old brand, and like the sweats are amazing. Very good quality. Um, they last forever, and like our Olympic team, their outfits are always made are usually made from roots. I don't know if they still do them, but like I remember when they first debuted with like the roots olympics wear it was like a huge international success and like other countries started wanting it that everything like that so roots nor and i think um what's that brand that the parka brand that's really popular is also canadian as well um the really expensive puffy jackets i can't remember what the name is but i mean there's a lot of things about panda that people like So continue to like most them, but of, have, most of them have to do with uh, either breakfast or winter. So, um, yeah, I can't believe we just spent the first ten minutes of a K-pop podcast talking about Canada. But okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's so funny. It's always funny when you hear that at a Toronto Raptors game. Really, like, the whole team is like American. <laughs> like, no, I, know, I know. It's really funny because the difference when you watch those games and watch hockey games, because um, I watch hockey games, and so like when O Canada plays a hockey game, it's such a different feel because half the players know the national anthem in, in English and in French. So we're kind of like people are singing along and people kind of feel away. But then I see like the Toronto Raptors. And, I'm, and they're just like standing there like, yeah, so... <laughs> when is going to be over? <laughs> <laughs> I really think... Because <laughs> there, there are like Canadian players who play in the NBA, of course. Yeah. But like the overwhelming majority of players are, of course, American. So I don't know. And I just find that hilarious every time I watch a Toronto Raptors play, which I try not to make a habit of. Um, Fair but, enough. Fair enough. Um, yes. Ash, how are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm doing well. Um, kind of like you guys said, um, we have a new president over here in America. It's kind of hard to believe, but a new day has come. So hopefully, um, you know, it will definitely be a new era and we can move away far away from he shall, who shall not be named and let him golf in Mar-a-Lago for all of eternity. And yeah, just um, hustling and just trying to make it out here in this crazy world. Congratulations, Ash, um, on having an, uh, a not bad day. I tweeted a couple of days ago. I think actually it was last week. I tweeted, you know, sometimes we have to cherish the moments where the, nothing is happening. You know, I think we too much. We put too much emphasis on like great things happening to us that we forget that sometimes like it's just you should just be happy that now you should just be happy that nothing is happening, but those can be the happiest moments because you never know when your your worst moment is going to come. And I was I was kind of going through some stuff, so but uh, it's good that 
we can all acknowledge this but yay what what are you guys listening to that's getting you through the times <laughs> uh <laughs> i mean i'm no first so as you know for me i've been listening to a lot of tomorrow by together it's been tomorrow by together nonstop on repeat um most of mostly stuff that came out in 2020 so you know all of my favorite songs that you guys know about if you are a patron you probably heard me talk about it when we did the album review for blue hour and the dream chapter magic i believe so i just been listening to a lot of them um i've also been trying to like listen to a lot of shiny because shiny is having a comeback soon as we all know and we're all excited for that um and beyond that it's not been too much more k-pop it's been like just me listening to soundtracks i've been listening to the attack on titan uh, original soundtrack like the all the way back from season one including all of those songs including um you know I don't know the name of those songs. I don't know why I was going. <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that because I don't know none of the names of the songs. But um, I've been listening to a lot of Attack on Titan soundtrack music, and it bangs and it goes. And I recommend that you listen to it as well. Uh, what about you guys? I am going to admit that I am listening to a little bit of Blackpink. Um, basically from their Square. What is it? Square Up? What was Square Up? Is that their second one? Isn't that what it's called, Nat? Um, also, yes, why I did you feel like it was shameful? Yeah, I also thought me. I know we, we, we kind of like, you know, we're, we're very, um, we can be very critical of them. And in general, I can be very critical of them, but you know, I was just going through my music and was like, mm, you know, I, I don't quite remember what these songs sounded like. And I was like, OK, you know, I I definitely like some of the stuff that's probably doesn't sound as um, influenced by. Um, what's his face? Teddy. Teddy. Yes. Um, so. Yeah, I listened to some of them, some Dreamcatcher. Um, what was that boy group I listened to? Um, maybe it was One Us. Woo! And maybe I listened like to. Is it yeah, Valkyrie? No, it wasn't Valkyrie. It was another song. Uh, um, I they did just drop an album, and the lead singer, this lead single is called No Diggity. Um, I'm not sure why it's called that, but you it know, why. let me. Oh, <laughs> 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 um, so there's that. Um, let's see. There's Lit, which actually is a really good song from them too. Um, Come back home. I have like, like a lot of really good songs. This 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 one this um, no diggity song is not is not it. It's not it's not that. I, I just well, it definitely like was not that. Uh, Twilight <laughs> is a good song. Um, I think that's what it was. Yeah. Twilight and okay, that's a, like a really good song from them. But yeah, yeah, okay, good, good. yeah, yeah. And what else? Um, and then basically it was mostly like Western music. So just listening to some Jasmine Sullivan, 
she came out with a new album. It's pretty good. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Okay, well, I have <laughs> mostly been listening to GOT7. I have been trying to go through their discography from like the beginning of their career to now. So I'm slowly working my way through their Japanese and their Korean stuff. And I think、um, I really, really, really like their Turbulence album, Flight Log Turbulence. And I did buy two albums I bought Die and I bought The Breath of Love. Canada Post was supposed to deliver it like three or four days ago. I haven't seen it yet, but that's another thing.、Uh, <laughs> I've also been listening to New Zane because he dropped an album called Nobody is Listening. It's actually pretty cute. He's enunciating a lot better. So I'm actually very happy. And I've been listening to just random music, actually,、uh, like Drake and Savannah and Justin, just sorry, Justine Sky. And I did listen to the new Jasmine. I love the song she did with her. And I love the song The Other Side as well, too.、Uh, and she did a Tiny Desk, which is really, really good. I've been listening to some Victoria Monet, some Astro. Yeah, I kind of, and Little Mix.、Uh, like、Little Mix's new album I've been listening to as well, too. So, yeah, those are basically the stuff that I've been listening to. I did check out all like the new releases. So, I saw, I, I watched the MV for You Know. I saw Changa's new song. I saw Silent G Idol's new song. Who else?、Um, One Us, yes. Yubin's Perfume, I saw. Epic High feature in Zico and CL is really good. Their song is called Rosario. And also, they do a song with BI, and he's singing on it. So I really like that song. I'm going to have to look it up because I can't remember what it is called.、Uh, but that song was really cute, too. And Bobby's coming back, so I'm excited. And I have been listening to his last album, sort of as. In preparation. And yeah, I, I do generally listen to a lot of music during the day because it helps to get through the work day.、Uh, <laughs> so I,、um, I kind of just put on whatever, you know, either an Apple Music story or I put on a、um, like YouTube and I just wait for like their recommendations. And yeah, that is pretty much it.、Yes. Now is a great time for a quick word from our sponsors. <laughs> we'll be back. Hey guys, it's Nat. Make sure to check out all of our exclusive Nyan content available only at Nyan Edizens on Patreon. Each week, we'll be hosting new and exciting content such as album reviews, special episodes, live streams, and much, much more. Stay tuned to Nyan Edizens on Patreon for more. That's N Y A N Edizens. Now, let's get back to the show. And we're back. So, now that we have talked about what we've been listening to, let's talk about、um, some of the acts that are coming back soon. Nat、uh, listed a few of them, but we have. Some that have already returned and some that have not released their new music yet, such as Dreamcatcher and Hyuna, who is releasing music on the 28th. 
Um, we also have You Know, who released Thank You, Yubin, who released Perfume, AB6, who released Stay Young, Epic High featuring Zico and CL, who released Rosario, Bobby, and Chunga, who are also releasing new music, and apparently Alexa is also releasing something. I know what y'all want me to say, but I'm going to tell y'all something else, okay? okay? I, like, I sincerely, I I want to, I have high hopes for this Alexa track, okay? Because I feel like she's got to, like, you know how you release trash consistently right at some point that switch has got a flip you gotta have a hit right i mean it, it you've seen it happen you've seen it happen where like a group is consistently releasing things that people by and large are not buying into because it's just not it's not there you know at some point we've seen it in k-pop over and over and over again at some point that that tide turns right is she going to have a moment where that tide turns? Or do we have faith in that? I kind of, I hope, but do we have faith in that? She's been debuted for what, two years now? I believe so. Um, I know she was on Produce mm. 48. So she's been out for a while. Um, I did actually watch, so this this comeback, I, I don't know if it's like an official comeback, but it's actually for... Um, an OST, so it's a ballad song, and it actually wasn't bad. I kind of liked it. I mean, I do also really like OST, so that could probably be also it. But I listened to it to give it a chance, and I liked it. I thought that she sang it really beautifully, and you know, it was very minimalistic, and there wasn't that whole like production thing, which is her her, her problem. That's her biggest yeah. problem is that her songs are overproduced. I mean, we learned something from Jay a couple weeks ago that noise is like an actual genre, yeah. and I, I, you know, I kind of feel bad for ragging on noise, but at the same time, I don't just because. Hmm you're allowed to dislike things, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think that the problem is, is that she did not pull it off. Like you, we always talk about groups that can pull off noise and she's not an, uh, an idol that can pull off noise. So I, if you are saying that this is more minimalistic, I'm more interested automatically. Yeah. I, I like, mm. I don't think that she is, you know, like a powerhouse. She's not like a big or anything like that. But I thought she sang the song rather beautifully. She she knew when to be like really light with her notes and she knew when to like put more emotion in it. I thought she did a good job. It was more impressive, I will say, than anything I've ever seen from Alexa. So take that for whatever you want. Uh, with you know, you know, dropped thank you, which is like basically him being against like a like a Korean or gangster or like a Yakuza member or something like that. It's like a whole movie has a plot. So it has like a yeah. Kampan. It was actually, it's actually really impressive. I thought the music video was more impressive than the song. I'll be very honest, but uh, yeah. And he did drop like a mini or something like that too. So that's cool. Yubin's perfume is cute. She does like a suit performance version of it which i thought was even cuter uh i didn't see 
ab six. I did watch the MVP. If you ab call ab these six. men's ab six, <laughs> one more time. every time you talk about them, you call it. I can, every time you say that, I just I automatically think of like at six abs. Yeah, like that's what I think about when I look at their name. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to the ab six fans. Is it eighty six? I'm sure that's yes, what you're supposed you to continue to do. I am. <laughs> I am sorry. I apologize to the eighty six fan, but maybe, maybe they shouldn't have put their name like that. Just throwing that out there. Last week, we t- last episode, we talked about McDonald, right? And, and <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe you guys should think about these group names a little bit more before you come out with them. Is all I'm saying, okay? Especially yeah. for Western fans. And so Changa dropped an MV. I think this is like a release or something like that um it's actually so dope <laughs> it's so not what i was expecting from chunga when we do mvs maybe we can do like on a live stream or something like that you'll see what i mean but it is actually quite dope i have really liked it uh epic high as i said with zico and cl was actually really good the song's really good the mv was you know it is what it is i mean it's not it's not a bad mv i don't think it's giving anything new or anything exciting but epic high those dudes can rap you know <laughs> when we talk about elites korean rappers i do think of epic high and they had a line in there that said they paved the way for your faves that paved the way which i thought was actually the truth but my literally everybody is taking shots <laughs> you know what it's yes. kind of like it's kind of like how the inauguration went to today where everybody was taking shots at trump without saying trump Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> what I feel like the entire K- K-pop industry is doing to BTS. So yes, I mean they're not lying. So it is what it is. Also, I didn't put on the list. Gravity came back with my turn today as well too. And obviously, when us came well, back we did with, talk. I know that like we talked about some of these comebacks in the last episode. Yeah. Um. So now that some of them have already come to fruition, it will be interesting. Like on our next live stream to kind of see what that's been looking like, what these comebacks have been looking like. You know, yeah, especially exactly. from like the 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 younger groups and the newer groups, like like Gravity and AB6. You know, and Carrie Bullet, I think too. And like, I mean, I'm really excited for um, Dreamcatcher. I did. Mm, Okay, maybe I'm not even like a shower, but maybe being a shiny fan and seeing that their title track is called I- Odd Eye was kind of strange, not gonna lie. But, <laughs> you know, I do love me some Dreamcatcher, so we'll see how that goes. A lot of groups have. Yeah. This- Odd Eye is very specific. Very specific, right? I thought You so know, too. like, that's not like the common song title. So it makes me wonder, yeah. like, is there gonna be sampling in this? Is there gonna be callbacks? Like, Probably not, but I think that it's kind of strange to call it Odd Eye and then not have that because it's not like shiny some scrub group who we've never heard about. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I was like, um, I didn't see any shabbles saying anything about it or anything like that. It's just kind of strange to me, I'll be honest. And we, yeah, we can watch two. I'm not like offended or anything. I just think it's like a like a very bold and strange choice. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. I mean, I would say that Shawals do have like a tendency to kind of not a tendency. It's more of a like I've seen Shawals get upset about things before. Like I remember when um Tomorrow by Together first released their uh, fandom color and like I think their light stick too. It was basically like Shawal blue, <laughs> like pro aqua. Right. And it was basically like people noticed that, you know, so I, I think that I could see it could be an issue, but I don't think so. Just because it's not like what company is Cherry Bullet from? 
Cherry Bullet? I don't know. Um, let me look it up. Well, hold on. Wait, that's who has Odd Eye, right? Or is it Dreamcatcher? No, 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 it's Dreamcatcher. Dream, okay, what what um company is Dreamcatcher from? I have no idea. I'm gonna look it up too. It's <laughs> definitely not a big four, you know. It's not like no, no, they are gonna be not. ever seen as competition to Shiny. So no, absolutely like it's it's not. And I mean they do they're from Happy Face and Pony Canyon. I don't know either of those companies. Wait, that sounds like know. some rich man just <laughs> wanted to start an agency. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I don't think that they're like there to bite shiny or do anything like right. that. Right. And I yeah, don't think Shawwall will like even take offense to, it's not, like I said, there was a total different story surrounded by when Big Hit did it because it's like, really? Like you're already making millions of dollars. <laughs> like leave, leave Shawwalls alone, you know? You know what? <laughs> that could also be something we talk about, like fandom colors, because I remember when Winner, I think it was Winner that debuted and they used like orange which is um shinwa's color too mm, the fan words that came out of that was like whoa guys really? you know there's a limited amount of colors you know right. that you also, also like it would be different if y'all was arguing over like no offense to all the orange lover out lovers out there as a popeyes commercial comes on um it would be different <laughs> if y'all was arguing over like a color with a reputation like blue or red yeah, ain't got no right. The only you remember back in elementary school, the only kids that like orange is the kids whose parents pack them gluten free peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for lunch every day. That was the only <laughs> kids that like that like orange. Always <laughs> only came out at Halloween, guys. When you need to draw some pumpkins, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was really messing with orange like that. So just chill for a second. If you now, yeah. it feels like yeah. um. No, I can't even justify that. So yeah, just yeah. chill out, chill out. Maybe y'all should take <laughs> the celebrity. Uh, what's it called? What I said it was called the celebrity attitude scale. Yeah. Okay. That, was, that. Yeah. I don't know. In terms of these comebacks, like I said, it seems like it's a this, going. We're gonna have a same cycle as we did last year, where we kind of front load with um like newer groups, lots of probably debuts, um, lots of young groups, rookie groups and stuff like that. Um, and then we're gonna end the year probably stronger. I did hear that, you know, there's gonna be some highly anticipated comebacks outside of, you know, shiny and stuff coming up in, in quarter one. But I definitely don't think quarter one is gonna where it's gonna be where we get our strongest music. I think that I don't know. That's just my prediction, right? I, I I'm I, I'm not an insider. I just don't think that we're gonna walk away from quarter one being like that is the best you know quarter of K-pop we've seen or that we're gonna see for the year. Not saying that these groups won't have anything great, right? Yeah. No, I'm actually really excited for Huna because she was supposed to come back last year, but she did not due to an illness. So uh, it's gonna be kind of exciting to see what she comes up with. In terms of like the first quarter, it, yeah, I would agree. I'm not seeing a lot of like, like when you think of like the top of the top in K-pop, I'm not seeing like a lot of that, you know, at the time. I think I did hear, uh, well, you know what, we're going to get into Red Velvet soon. So <laughs> we can talk about that a little bit later. But yeah, anything else you guys want to talk about this topic? No? Mm, no. Okay, so what's next on the agenda? Well, let's get into some K-pop news and gossip. So let's talk a bit about Irene. Um, 
As some of you may well know, Irene got into some trouble a while back after um, some information made the rounds about her being a bit of a mean girl to um, to her crew and to basically just anyone that had to be around her. And it, you know, was corroborated by a few other people in the industry. And it just, uh, it just didn't make her come off very well. Um, so apparently she did make one uh, kind of brief apology and just in time for Red Velvet's rumored comeback, she posted another apology um, on her fan community, on the fan community Lyson, Lyson, L-Y-S-N, I'm going to call it Lyson, on January 15th. Um, she said, I'm sorry for causing so much pain and worry to me people because of my imperfections. Um, she also said that she thought she was getting along well with the people around her in her own way. Um, and so she says, I didn't know that my methods of communication or my expressions could become a problem. And I just thought that everyone has different ways of communicating. Um so she said that she received a lot of concern and reprimands from people around her as well as from the public. And so she's going to take the time to quietly reflect upon herself and work hard to not return to the way she used to be and become a more mature person. Um, so she says she hopes that there will no longer be anyone who is criticized because of what happened due to my, in, my imperfections. So, yeah, so she wrote the um, apology and, you know, some people may think that it was just kind of a move, you know, because Red Velvet is apparently going to make their, you know, come back soon and she's got, you know, this acting gig that she's doing. Um, but at the same time, I mean, she could genuinely, you know, not have realized what she was doing. And this is a good opportunity for her to see how her actions could have hurt others. And she could, you know, actually grow from it. So, you know, you could take it both ways. You know, since most of us weren't there, we don't know what happened. But, you know, I, I tend to like to take the side of, you know, if somebody takes the time to make an apology, hopefully they'll take the time to actually change themselves. So that's just me. What do you guys think? We didn't never really discussed Irene's whole scandal on the show. Well, here's the thing. It's not like Irene had one bad situation that somebody revealed. It There was like a whole list of people, including like former stylist, a former backup dancer. Um, let's see. According to her, the original post that was about Irene was liked by editors from the cream branches of Vogue, Marie Claire, GQ, Esquire, Allure, Beauty Plus, Singles and I Magazines. 
so photographer Hong Jang-hyun, who often works with top stars, also supported the post. It was reported that the previous stylist for Red Velvet, Shiny, as well as Boa's current stylist, all pressed like as well. And who has been in charge of Blackpink since debut, apparently also liked the post. And somebody, like a different comment left by an un- unnamed industry um, insider claimed that she ran into Irene a total of three times during various works. She shared that at all times, Irene left bad taste in her mouth. And like the insider recounts moments include Irene grabbing onto her stylist's head for balance as it fitted her shoes while kneeling down, of flipping her staff's heads as a staff, as well as the staff being definitely afraid to wake her up while she was filming. I heard too like that she um like there's rumors about her glaring at everyone and being annoyed and screaming during CF shoots. So it's not like this is an isolated situation. Sometimes people do have bad days, like, and, you know, they're not very professional. They're not, you know, the smiling, happy, bubbly idol or celebrity that people know them for, you know? And I get that. Like, I mean, I'm not saying, excuse it. I'm just saying with the whole Irene thing, I totally understand if it was a bad day because everybody has bad days and not everybody reacts to them appropriately or properly and you know sometimes people can be straight up bitch especially if you're having a bad day but with Irene it does come across as a personality which is not great you know um just because if you look at the initial tweet or message about her uh and who liked it like the original post was liked by editors from the cream branches of Vogue, Marie Claire, GQ, Esquire, Allure, Beauty Plus, Singles, Eyes Meg, and photographer, like a top photographer also liked it, as well as previous stylists for Red Velvet and Shiny, as well as Boa's current stylist. A nail technician who had been who's been in charge of Blackpink since debut also apparently liked the post. A different comment left by an unnamed industry insider claimed to have run into Irene three times, and she shared that all three of those times left a bad taste in her mouth. The insider recounts moments, including Irene grabbing onto her stylist's head for balance as they fitted her shoes while kneeling down, of her flicking her staff's head, as well as staff being like deadly afraid to wake her up. I guess during like naps in between shoots and things like that. And I mean, there's rumors about her glaring at people and being annoyed and screaming during CFs. So I, I do feel like it's not that she had a bad day and somebody called her out. I do feel like it's her personality. And that's actually a lot harder to change than something where it just happens once, you know, and you learn, you can kind of learn from it. Like your entire personality is run at that point. Like none of that is okay at any given time and so with this recent apology that she put out it was kind of weird the way she worded it too she's like i thought i was getting along with people well with people in my own way like what the hell does that even mean like you were being a bitch to people and you thought that that was okay and that you were getting along what because you were in a position above these people and so they just had to accept it i don't know i kind of feel like this is just done for her movie or sorry, her, I don't know if it's a drama or whatever that she's dropping. Cause I noticed that this apology went out and then like the next day or something like that, they had revealed that they were going to be releasing her, her silver screen debut. So I do. And, and also to the rumors about red velvet's comeback came out. So I do feel like this is not really about Irene 
being apologetic or truly apologetic for her past mistakes. It's more like she got caught. So now she has to apologize. And now, you know, the movie or whatever that was held back, she has to, you know, it still has to be released and she still has to promote it. So she needed to come back out and say something. I'm, you know what? I will give her the benefit of the doubt. And, you know, going forward, I'm hoping that she is going to be a better person, but I don't know, somebody who behaves like this, I don't see that they would, you know, completely do 180 because people found out, you know, like, especially with the way that I'd seen Red Velvet fans, like trending her name all the time, like while she was on her quote unquote hiatus and how SME sort of like quickly, you know, fix things. So like the, the, the initial poster came out and was like, oh, well, you know, things are okay, blah, blah, blah. You know, I don't know. This whole thing just screams like she's going to get away with it. And she's probably going to be a little bit more subtle with her behavior uh, and maybe push out like that smiling, happy. I've learned from my mistakes. I love people now kind of attitude, but I don't know. The whole thing is just really, really fishy to me. <laughs> it, I, 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 I will still listen to Red Velvet at the end of the day, but this whole situation, it's crazy because this is actually worse than the Tiara bullying scandal. And look how people have accepted this and Tiara was blacklisted for years. And and, and they weren't even the bullies. The, the victim was the actual bully in that case. And it still hasn't, you know, like, Koreans are still not apologetic about the way that they bandwagon hated Tiara, you know, so the extent where they couldn't even like promote really in their own country they had to go to china to do it and so for them now to be like oh well you know i feel like this apology is you know i think that's sincere we'll be cheering for you in the future i don't know it would kind of leave a bad taste in my mouth so that's my feelings on this situation uh next up uh 2 a.m Member of 2AM Sulong was fined for a fatal car accident and it involved a pedestrian. Um, apparently it happened back in August of last year and video of the incident was recently released and he was investigated and charged for violating traffic law. Um, apparently the person that was um, hit was a pedestrian and he settled, uh, reached a settlement with the deceased pedestrian's family. Um, but apparently he is going to probably just get a fine um, of 7 million won, which is approximately $6,327 um, for what happened. And yeah, I mean, if you watch the video, it's kind of, it's, you know, in any other case, it would seem kind of damning um, considering what happened. I mean, it looks like he just kind of like he's going really fast and the person, you know, was walking and they definitely neither person would have had time to stop. 
So, I mean, it, you know, it's the South Korean justice system. So there's not really, you know, much to say about that that hasn't been said. But what do you guys think about the case? The fact that he was fined about $6,000 for what some people may call vehicular homicide. I think it's very much in line with uh, the Korean justice system. You know, people get demonized for things like dating scandals. And um, I don't know, attempting to buy drugs and changing their minds. (laughs) But then you have all of these like drunk driving cases, which are prolific in the K-pop community. And you have all of the, and some of them are fatal. Some of them are not, but still. And then you have situations of like abuse that are just brushed under the rug. Like it's nothing. I, I'm not surprised at all. And I do know that people um, were commenting in like different forums about how like the drivings, like drivers in Korea, just, you know, they're just all over the place. Nobody really follows any of the rules, which is crazy because they have CCTV. So it's like, you know, everything's on camera and you have a black box in your, in your car. You know, like, I just don't understand why you would just not follow the rules of the road when everybody can see what you're doing at all times, you know? So, uh, you know, rest in peace to this poor person who, you know, is no longer with us. I do think that the fine he paid, I guess that's the fine he paid to the um, courts, right? So he probably paid the family another amount, I would assume. Uh, I would hope. <laughs> and yeah, I, I guess it's better than dragging it out in the court system, you know? Um, sometimes settling is is efficient. And it, it's if the family's in mourning, they probably don't want to go to court and have to relive something like this over and over again. So, if, you know, this is their decision and we should just respect it. But yeah, it is unfortunate. Uh, anything else? If not, then we can go to the next topic. All right. Um, If that's all, then let's get over to our favorite topic, Burning Sun. Um, Apparently, SNSD member Hyoyeon was targeted um, because uh, the initial whistleblower in the Burning Sun case revealed that she was basically in Burning Sun and that she was uh, DJing and basically that he writes, basically he writes that there's a lot of celebrities who are caught up in the Burning Sun scandal and it's only a matter of time before they're all revealed. Unless you guys just come forward. Even now, I'm sure you're all hiding in a house somewhere doing all the drugs while filming it. Your chance is limited now. So, Hyoyeon's agency, which is currently SM, released a response on January 14th saying that 
Hyoyeon only performed as she was invited to be a DJ for the event at the time, and she has no relation to the post. We ask that people refrain from speculations and misunderstandings. And then Hyoyeon herself put on Instagram, she wrote, Come on, everyone, calm down. You think I've been staying put because I have not been active, but I worked hard. I greeted some people, had a few drinks with my friends who came to congratulate me on my performance and the staff because I felt happy. Had pork belly with them and went home. I think I saw men and women drooling on each other and hooking up in the club, but I never saw or heard any actors, actresses, cats, or dogs. I'm going to endure you keyboard warriors only till today. I'm going to punish you hard this time. Also, I will delete this tomorrow, but not because I am scared. Isn't that what they say? If you don't speak up, people think you are a pushover. So happy new year. Everyone have a long, healthy life. Um, so the guy, you know, said that, you know, she was there as a DJ. She took a picture with Sungri. Um, She's basically saying that she happened to be DJing there and took a picture with him and just left, you know, completely after. Um, apparently, at the time the story broke, when everyone was being intensely scrutinized, her connection was resolved in a day because CCTV backed up her re recollection of the events. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, apparently there's not really a whole lot to, I mean, if CCTV backs up her version of the events and no one else remembers, you know, her doing anything, I mean, it sounds like she didn't have any, like, any involvement because the whistleblower was kind of implying that she was, you know, involved with, you know, all of the drug taking and drug use and, and everything that he was, you know, that he was involved in. But I, I don't know. I mean, it's, you know, her word against his and you know, as we've learned from the whole Burning Sun case, it's kind of hard to to take anyone's opinion at face value. So any thoughts on this? Okay. So here's one thing. Hyoyeon, Yuri, and Jessica are all connected to Sungri because they all have the same crowd. Yuri's brother has actually been charged and I actually believe that he had been convicted as well. Um, in this situation. Does that mean that I think that the girls are involved in any, anything that was going on? No. But I have seen people in Korea, especially celebrities in Korea, who were witch hunted for far less than that, okay? Second, her tweet or Instagram post or whatever was super flippant. Like, it wasn't even like, okay, you're mad that someone's bringing out your name for something you're not involved with. I get it. But you know, the Burning Sun situation has actual victims, like people who are hurt <laughs> from the actions of the people who were involved, you know? And so for you to be so flippant about it, it's very disrespectful, I think. Um, and it kind of made me a little suspicious of her, not gonna lie. Uh, but I don't know, I don't, I don't know. 
I don't really know Hyoyeon like that. I don't really even like her that much, to be honest, as well, either. So I don't, I do think that she worked there because she was working as a DJ because of her connections. And I do, we all know, a lot of stuff happens in the club. A lot of people, you know, brush it off. Some people ignore it. You know, she was there to do her job. And one thing I would say about Hyoyeon is that she's very professional. If she needs to, you know, get into a concept, you know, be prepared, be ready. She's always there. So I don't doubt that she went there. She did her job and she went home. I just didn't like the response that she put on Instagram. I'll be very honest. And so, yeah, I think that, yeah, I think it might be, uh, it is reach for him to mention her like 10,000 years after the whole situation to be like, oh, you were there. Like, so a lot of people were there you know <laughs> like what she was she was there to work she wasn't even there to party she was there to work you know uh but also i am very critical of her response to the situation because i do i do feel like there are actual victims involved in this case and in this situation um and like everything under the burning sun umbrella you know Cause it's a real thing that happened to actual people. And all I see people worrying about are Sunkri's feelings and um, whether he's innocent or not. And, you know, people being mad that Hyoyeon's being pulled into it. Like, no, there are actual victims here. You know, there are people who are hurt. The initial girl who got beat up, like underage waitresses, prostitutes that they're just selling off to these, like, there's so many victims involved in this situation that people and people are so quick to defend their idol and to, you know, be a good fan or stand or whatever. Like it's, it's really messy. It's, it's kind of gross. And so I feel like she should not have put out that tweet. <laughs> I think, you know, SME did a good job of handling the situation for her. She didn't have to put out that tweet. And that tweet is what rubbed me the wrong way. And I guess since we are talking about the Bright and Sun situation, um, just quickly, you know, we joke a lot about Sungri being a gangster and, and, you know, and YG being a gangster. And now we have another, uh, <laughs> uh, we have another, um, I guess charge. Yeah. Another charge that has been added to the situation. And this is gang related violence charge. So they are actual gangsters. Now we can, we can say that confidently and it's not actually a joke uh, because they're being charged with such. And uh, yeah, the situation is messy as always. Somebody said something they didn't like. They called up some gangsters to come over to the club. Like, you know, similar to, you know's MV, I would assume. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Bernie's son is not over, guys. It started in 2015, apparently, and it's like still going. Like we're in 2021, six years. My God. I feel like it's been an eternity of Burning Sun and it has not come to a conclusion. I do hope that they can wrap it up soon. I hope that the victims all are all comp compensated. And I hope that everybody who all the bad guys in the situation are punished to the fullest extent of the law. I doubt it will happen. I think they'll just pay fines and get suspended terms, but we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> um, yeah. But I think that should be it on that topic. Next topic is JYP basically confirming what everyone had been talking about for the past month or so and 
releasing a statement that GOT7 decided to leave the company, decided not to renew their contract, and they pretty much, um, you know, they're pretty much going off into the music world on their own. Mark released a Twitter post saying that the past seven years have been the best years of my life. Nothing is coming to an end, just the beginning. The seven of us are going to continue to bring you guys the best version of us till the end. Got seven forever. Hashtag got seven forever. And basically they're, I guess they're free agents right now. Um, and they have a few options. I mean, they could try and start their own record label or they could join someone else. And, you know, there's been a lot said about how JYP has treated GOT7 and hasn't really, you know, used them to the best of their abilities or given them the best music or the best concepts or you know, music or concepts that really fit them um, or their personalities. So I just hope that, you know, wherever they go, that they will be able to be the best versions of themselves. And, you know, maybe Agassiz, you know, can finally be happy with the direction that their group is going in. Um, Nat, Jimin, you have any thoughts on this? So, yes, the members have decided not to resign with JYPE because even though they are, you know, a top selling, top touring in a global group, JYPE has never really treated them as such. And, you know, there's a lot of restrictions on their personal growth. And so everybody was kind of expecting it and it happened. Congrats. The Agassiz are, you know, they're going through it understandable uh but the guys have been working really really hard to open new avenues of connection with their fans and also to reiterate that got seven will not it's not dying it's not gonna end they're not disbanding you know well with that i do wonder i do wonder if you see like a huge shift in music quality style etc you know absolutely because it's like at least in my opinion, I feel like they, the the JYP signature was kind of all over a lot of their music, but it makes me wonder what, you know, with them, you know, this idea of kind of staying together, what does that look like musically, you know? Uh, well, if you, because I have been listening to a lot of Gotsama music, uh, I feel like it's not going to change as much as, you know, we all think. I, I do believe that JYP's sounds especially in the beginning of their career was a lot, a lot more prominent, prominent, sorry. Um, where, whereas for their more recent albums and, and releases, the guys have been a lot more hands-on, but also like when we talk about JYPE, we talk about the, the man. And then we also talk about the in-house producers and they did work with like France and, you know, air attack and things like that. I don't know. I would love for them to continue to be able to work with these people. I don't know if they can, if they're like only in-house JYPE producers. So we'll see. Uh, but I think honestly, like based on what I've seen, like I do 
like a lot of the productions from ours, which is Young Jae and Dexel, which is JB and Jin Young and Bam Bam. Uh, I actually really like the music that they put out, like, or the, and the music that they put together, um, both solo and also with GOT7. So I don't feel like it's going to be that much of a departure. Um, and so, it, I mean, it really just depends on, on what they, you know, where they are musically at the time and what they're into. And that, I think that will influence a lot of what they're really into. But I, I don't really see it being that huge of a departure just because they were so they were a lot more hands-on in the later years and that's a lot of the stuff that I really like so for me personally I don't think it's going to be much of a departure uh but anyways with about what they're doing so Young Jay just signed with Sublime Art it's an artist agency that Rain is a part of and I read that Jackson's in talks with them too I guess for his Korean promotions so he does plan to still be active in Korea, which will also help, you know, continue the GOT7 legacy. Uh, they said that JB is signing, looking to sign with more international labels. So that's kind of interesting. Uh, and Yogyam is still in talks with J Park, J, yeah, J Park's uh, label. And then who else was there? Mark is going back to be a Twitch star. He already has over a million subs for his YouTube channel and he hasn't even put out a, a post yet or a video or anything like that. So I think he'll do okay <laughs> in that realm. And I mean, obviously Jackson, Jackson just dropped some new collection, me versus me or something like that. And it's blowing up big time in China. So, I mean, he's, he's always going to be booked and ready and bam, bam is, you know, the King of Thailand, oh, not officially the King of Thailand, but he's so very popular out there. So actually I saw that Mark and Bam Bam and Jackson were in the studio together. I was kind of afraid when I saw that because, um, yeah, but <laughs> we'll see what comes out of it. You know, Jackson's music is just not for me. It, it just isn't. I, I do really like Jackson, but I just, I, he's been very, very um active on social media showing like that he's in the studio a lot all these songs he's doing and i'm just like you do you you live your life i trust in you whatever uh and jb opened a twitter account and bam bam trolled him it was really cute uh i'm hoping he i'm hoping he opens a youtube soon and yeah i don't know like i don't see got seven really quieting down. I feel like they should take advantage of this momentum. Also, they're going to be at some award show on the 25th anyway, so we're going to see them as an indie artist or indie group or something like that on the 25th, uh, which is kind of crazy when you think about it. But yeah, I I do hope that they use this momentum to propel themselves you know, into solo stars, and then they come back with an album, hopefully like in the third or fourth quarter of the year, you know, after they have, you know, tested the solo water waters and sort of, um, and signed with all the agencies and labels or whatever that they need to sign with. I do hope that we see them drop something at the end of the year. Cause you know, in our last episode, we talked about being active and you do need to be active as a group. You know, I don't count these people who are just like, Oh, we're, still together we haven't broken up and they haven't dropped a single in like 10 years like that's that's not a good look i don't believe you if shinro can keep dropping music you guys can keep dropping music too okay so 
we'll see. And I do talking about JYP, I'll just like go into the next topic and just sort of like round this whole thing out. 2 p.m. is coming back. Yeah. But also I think that 2 p.m. coming back is the reason that JYPE was okay with letting go of GOT7 and they didn't work as hard as they should have to keep them because they see more monetary uh, benefit to keeping 2 p.m. But here's the thing. 2 p.m.'s music at the end, right, before they started enlisting, wasn't really popping on the charts like it used to. I know that they sell out, you know, like in, they do really well tour-wise in places like, you know, Japan and Korea and things like that. But I I would argue that GOT7 is more of an international or internationally recognized group than 2 p.m. is. I know, maybe that's controversial. I don't know. I love 2PM and I love GOT7, so it's not really me pinning them against each other. I'm just going to say that because I know some people get their feelings about these things. I love both groups. I'm very happy to see 2PM back. I'm very excited. Uh, I loved, I actually really did like a lot of their last sort of um, comebacks, but I know it just didn't do as well, you know, and they kind of fell off. So it's going to be really interesting to see you know, the next chapter of JYPE, you know, a focus on 2PM, obviously, focus on Stray Kids, you know, Twice will just keep releasing as met, as much music as they possibly can until, you know, the fanboys switch to Itzy and whoever. And yeah, I don't know. It's, it's uh, JYPE, JYPE, no, sorry, JYP the man doesn't seem very bothered. He's out here, you know, stealing Bobby Brown's music with rain and performing it. So he's living his best life right now. And it's unfortunate <laughs> because their new song literally looks like um, Every Little Step. Uh, and I mean, just aesthetic wise, everything about it looks like, you know, the eighties in, in the new, new Jack Swing. And I don't, I don't know how they got away with that. I hope they paid whoever they were supposed to pay. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That whole thing's a mess as well, too. I actually, this might be controversial, but I think out of all the, the, the big three, now the big four, I think if there's someone who's going to fall out, I think it's going to be JYPE. Maybe be controversial, but why I mean, that, that, that's actually a controversial take because of the whole YG situation. But YG has GD coming back and they have Big Bang in their bag. And right. They Pink, and they have Blackpink. So. And Blackpink sold a million copies of that album. So. They, like, like JYP, I just don't think have like every company in the big four outside of JYP at this point has a group that I feel can generate enough revenue to overcome any losses. Absolutely. I honestly don't think twice is there that anymore. Like, I think people can argue twice, but not anymore. I just don't like, I, I think it's coming to a point where I, <sighs> I, I feel like I'm wrong. But I, that's why I hesitate when I say this, but I, I do for some reason, remember reading that like twice is kind of like, Repu like like you know how they do those little brand ranking things yeah yeah that twice was like down or something like that i don't I'll, know I'll, how look, I'll look it up i'll look it yeah. up but generally like the top female artists anyways in the brand recognition is like irene jenny um 
Kwasa, you know, like those are like the top. Like solos. Yeah. I don't know exactly like in terms of where they were. I just know that apparently they were declining, right? That the moral of the story in terms of their, I guess their core fan base or like their core where they were, they're not there anymore. And I don't know how much that translates into sales. Um, but I just don't, I don't see twice being able to overcome the fact that JYP doesn't have, it's not like, okay, I I guess here's where I'm getting at this with this. Other companies do well to be sustained by one group because those, if those groups are only, if those groups are like worldwide. Right. And it's like the phenomenon we see with um, Big Hit with YG. Like they can do well with like YG. If YG were to just get rid of their whole entire lineup today and just had Big Bang, or get got rid of even though Big Bang isn't as I, I argue Big Bang isn't as worldwide as Blackpink at this point. I Big Bang has such a dedicated Korean fan base that it doesn't even matter, you know. Um, JYP is not one of those is not in that position where they can just get rid of all of their artists and survive off of twice at least at the level that they were surviving off of you know pre got seven disbanding and I or leaving JYP and I say that just because like people do forget that JY got seven they're not scrubs you know what I mean like I think people try to play them in terms of their financial success just because and I think we've made jokes before in the past just because, you know, twice at one point was such a wall. But yeah. I feel like, you know, the, in terms of, you know, those jokes we made, they were just jokes. Like, I think we know that GOT7 was contributing strongly to JYP, especially, you know, back, you know, before COVID where they were able to tour. Um, and I feel... I guess my point is, is like, they just can't survive on twice. They can't support stray kids. And I think they got like a new group coming this year or a couple new groups, something like that. And Itzy, I think if, I think if Itzy continues to grow, I think that, you know, eventually they will be able to recover. But I think right now they are in a precarious situation. Um, I mean, even with 2PM coming back, I just don't, I don't know. Maybe it's just because like I didn't I wasn't around 2 p.m. But for those days, I don't know how big their fan base is. I don't even know what their fans are called. What do they call like hottest 1 p.m.? No, hottest. Hottest? Yep. Okay. Well, like are are those are is there enough hottest left to really successful yeah i think they definitely will be successful like i do you think they will be got seven successful um well okay so if we're talking about international touring i don't know how well got seven toured in japan because i think that a lot of like a lot of revenue comes in from japan for twice especially um but also like if you can do like the big japanese domes you know i think that that brings in like a lot of money and i do believe that 2pm did that i don't know if got seven had done it but oh yeah i I mean we see that we see that with like i think one of the biggest poster children for like international without being necessarily worldwide is sm yeah 
SM knows how to establish themselves in Japan and in China without necessarily leaving Asia and still being successful. So, yeah, absolutely. And I like there's a lot of us old heads who love 2PM and who will support them, you know, their albums and and streaming and things like that. But I mean, 2PM, in my opinion, and maybe it's just the VIP in me, but 2PM never reached what Big Bang had. I would even argue that EXO eclipsed 2PM as well. Uh, so even though 2PM is the biggest, you know, is seen as the biggest and most noticeable boy group at JYPE, they were they were still not as like twice. At least you can say twice was a you know a national group, you know, a nation's girl group. You know, 2PM never like in my opinion was not that. There were a lot of groups from SME and from YG, well, specific, specifically just Big Bang from YGE and like obviously now um, BTS and Big Hit. But SME, I feel like all of their boy groups were either at par or better, like in terms of sales and recognition and things like that in comparison to 2PM. And as I said, like 2PM, I while well, I loved a lot of their later songs that um, Jeno, Jen K, sorry, had come had had started writing for them and you know he started taking care like jyp i think just said like you guys just do what you want to do and so uh they started getting more hands-on with their releases and i loved everything you know past like go crazy and things like that but if you look at like i'm gonna double check because i haven't looked at their sales in a very long time but i'm pretty sure if you look at their album sales they were not you know at the same level as they used to be you know and there was like a decline in terms of their selling power and and things like that. Uh, so I don't know. I, I just, I personally don't think that, like, especially when we start seeing them tour, I don't believe that 2PM will be able to plug the hole left by... Got seven, right. And I mean, like, pouring so much money into Itzy and Stray Kids yeah. that I feel, you know, they're going to have to, like, push back on something at some point you know um i don't think they'll they're no don't get me wrong i'm not saying they're going broke i'm just saying that there's going to have to be something that they kind of chill out on for a while until they can develop itsy and stray kids enough to like kind of supplant twice and got seven yeah i mean i'm even just looking at the i'm sorry i'm just gonna check something like their discographies and stuff like that just to like so their last single from 2PM was in 2016. Jeez. Um, oh, well, I don't see sales here, so I can't really compare it. But like their streams were only like 30,000 or something like that for their last single, which is not, you know, very high right. <laughs> at all. And I know that I don't know if um, last piece, I can't remember how what last piece did, but um, Breed did pretty well. Um, on the charts so I yeah and they they sold like 300,000 whatever copies of their last album um, Breath of Life and or Breath of Love and JYP actually didn't even have enough stock like literally they had they sold all that and sold out and people were left waiting for the restock so that's why they didn't sell as much as they could have JYPE's mismanagement so I I just don't think that, you know, 2 p.m. as much as I love them, I just don't know if they can plug that hole. And then you have, you know, Twice, who hasn't been a nine-member group 
and like for promotions and what feels like forever because you know there's these rumors going around about dating and things like that and that will really hit them because they have a lot of male stands and once girls start dating in these girl groups we know like we've seen it happen before we'll see it happen again in the future it affects how much sales you like you can you know produce and even though i would argue that i feel like twice's music is actually better they're not selling like they're not selling like the TTs and the cheer ups like you know they don't have. I, I would argue that they have. I argue, have- yeah, I I would argue Twice hasn't had like a staple song, yeah, in two years. Yeah, and well, I mean, I we love Fancy. I think we picked Fancy. We love, fancy. yeah, we did <laughs> love Fancy. I <laughs> yeah. just don't think I I just personally don't in terms of like a song being like a just like a huge hit you know what i mean yeah like for like i guess that you you, if we want to use obvious examples like uh d4 or uh i guess the beaches you can say dynamite right like a song that you just are hearing everywhere i think the i can't think of the exact last song that would be for me for twice i like fancy don't get me wrong i'm just saying that like in terms of what everybody else is listening to Mm-hmm. And what I'm hearing people talk about, I'm hearing more excitement for groups outside of Twice. I'm hearing more excitement for even Red Velvet, which is like a com- comparable group because a comparable group because they're of the same age, right? Yeah. I'm hearing more excitement for way more excitement from Itzy for Itzy, um, more excitement for you know a lot of new girl groups, Mama Moo even, you know, than I'm hearing for Twice. Not saying that they're going to, none of any of those groups will sell as much as Twice, just because Twice does have a, still still has a better stand base than in terms of like size, right? Than the yeah. other groups. But I do think that at a point it's going to start eclipsing, especially as Twice gets older. I hate to say that. That sounds so icky to say, but I, I do think that just because of what their fans are there for, I their fans I highly doubt are twice fans I highly doubt are there for the same reasons as Blackpink stands would be there if that if if you see what I'm saying like yeah no absolutely I'm actually looking at sales from 2020 right mm-hmm. so big hit, big hit had 25 percent SM had 20 percent JYP had 7.8 percent Pledis had 7.6 oh YG had 6.2 and I mean, like even, you know, Starship and like they had a little bit less than that for sure. But they usually only have like a couple of groups that are like, you know, they don't have the big roster that they have. But think about how many times you saw, you know, twice come back. Like they came back twice in Korea and once in Japan. Right. And they did six, seven point eight. YG last year had Blackpink, well, Black the only like full album. I th- Like I know that winner. And and Icon had like minis, I think maybe at the beginning of the year, but then all the scandal stuff happened, and like, that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. YG is dealing with scandals. YG has lost Bi, which is like one of like a producer and songwriter at YG. Yeah. They have gone through so much, and they are able to do numbers close to that of JYP. That shouldn't be the case. Yeah, I mean, like Seventeen with Pledis is right behind them, literally. So that, like that tells you something, I feel. Yeah. So I, I, you know, like, I know you, like you mentioned age and like, yeah, it is kind of gross, but also like age matters. Like this K-pop is a very young industry, like in terms of 
the people who are on the top, they do tend to be very young. And, you know, they get to a certain age where people don't consider them cute and fresh anymore. And there's a reason why yeah. SM just announced this audition for like three-year-olds, <laughs> three-year-old boy group. Because yeah. like, you know, I... And, and, you know, a lot of people go, well, that's just because NCT is flopping. And I'm like, no, first and foremost, NCT is actually not flopping, especially if you were to compare them to like, I think people get caught up with comparing NCT to BTS without realizing that you literally can, can't compare any K-pop group to BTS. It's just unfair. Um, But I, I think no, it's not because NCT's flopping. It's because they have to have something new. And that's one thing that I think SM is good at is like having something new and, and investing into it. Like what they did with ESPA. They really are investing in ESPA. They but their first win on a music show. Um, and, that, and good for so, them. Yeah. Like, but I don't, I just don't see when I talk, when I feel like, I feel like SM takes the time to like develop their artists in a different way that I yeah. feel like uh, certain other companies don't necessarily do and like YG I feel like is more of a company that is supposed to be known for artists are born that way you know we don't have to develop them because they come out the womb rapping <laughs> you know and so I think I think you know it benefits them because that's their reputation but I don't know I, I just don't see losing GOT7 as a good thing and I I, I don't know if they can I think they can recover. I just don't know if it'll be quick. And I don't think that it'll be the same unless, unless Stray Kids just pops off. Like Stray Kids is going to have to pop off at some point. At this point. Yeah. I think they put enough money into Stray Kids for them to be, I guess, more noticeable, more of a, uh, I guess, a beacon at the company. Like that's like the future. It's supposed to be the future of JYP, right? Right. Exactly. Stray Kids has uh, Stray Kids has been getting a lot of money poured into them, but like if you were to compare them to similar groups, I I would well, first and foremost two by two does similar numbers. ATs has a way stronger fan base. The younger NCT units are just you know it's like I can see other other boy groups just feel more successful to me and and. You just have to wonder why, I guess, it, with the amount of money they get. So, okay. Well, your boys, um, TXT, they just topped Oricon, I think, in Japan. So. Yeah, they just, well, they just released an album. Ah, okay. Yeah, that would be impressive if if they had, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying it's not impressive, but it would definitely be more impressive if they didn't just release the album, like, today or yesterday. So, mm-hmm. but, uh. Well, I mean, Sugar Kids is selling pretty well in terms of albums. It looks like they're. But I think I think we want to look at. I, I look. I like to look at market share though. Okay, like in terms cool. of albums, it's like yeah, it's great. But I think that you have to look at market share, and you also have to look at like um, profit or like return on investment. Like mm-hmm. selling, for example, like you can sell as like Espa. I'm going to use Espa. Espa could sell a hundred thousand albums today. And they would not nearly pay off the investment that SM put into them so far. Yeah. No, you know, that's true. like, and I'm not saying that's the case with Drake kids. I don't know the details of the financials. I'm just kind of like going on what I feel and what I like generally see in the industry. Right. Yeah. Um, of course, feel free. Anybody who's listening to this, feel free to like 
prove me wrong and like post some some sources stating otherwise because definitely this is definitely me talking about something that's not like i haven't taken the time to really research this it's just kind of things that i see so and uh, honestly i do feel like that investment stage at the beginning of a career of like these groups is so expensive because you you're really just pushing these idols in the face of any camera that will have them so Mm -hmm. it's very expensive so i mean Straight kids selling, you know, the same amount as Twice or say, selling the same amount as GOT7. Well, GOT7 just does that one release for two weeks. Costs are very low, okay? <laughs> like, yeah. Whereas, you know, Straight kids is coming back all the time. And, like, the singles, I mean, the... the, the and just the amount of money there, that goes yeah. into the production. Somebody, yeah. like, somebody had posted, um, like, side-by-sides of uh, GOT7, ITZY, and Straight Kids at an end-of-the-year show for 2020 and they yeah. posted the side by sides and the budget was so different like stray mm-hmm. kids really? and itsy like had budget and the only thing got seven really got in terms of budget was like they had some cute outfits <laughs> you know wow. like it was like a real difference and i was yeah. like it, it's kind of shocking to see that kind of disparity but it makes you wonder if that was one of the reasons why you know the situation yeah. ended up the way that it is so and it's definitely the reason why the fans are all happy like I have never seen a, a, a fandom so happy for their idols to not resign their contracts before, like mm-hmm. in my entire life. They're just the fans are like over the moon, like they they hate JYPE so much. <laughs> they mm-hmm. hate JYP so much. So I mean, I get it. Like in this, you mentioning like the budgets and stuff like that. Like you, like you know when a company's spending money on you. You know, like you know you if know. they value you, and that has to be quite disheartening you know to know that you've been with this company for like 10 years and they are willing to just like throw a couple 20s at you and say like do what you have to do you know it's like right it's kind of low-key kind of reminds me of um how sm did fx versus like super m because fx disbanded the same year super m formed yeah and it's like Okay, SM, <laughs> we yeah. see where your money's going and where your time and effort, we you know, what you care about. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah. But yeah. It's unfortunate, but we, I am excited for 2PM and I'm excited to see what they bring, you know, more grown man shit. I am so excited for, uh, you know, and I'm also very excited to see where two, where SR Got 7 goes from here and, you know, <sighs> what the comeback looks like if we even get a comeback this year we'll see we'll see well and what the whole hill news wattpad is being acquired by naver the south korean conglomerate and a 600 million cash and stock deal um naver plans to incorporate at least part of the business, and to another one of its holdings, the publishing platform Webtoon. And so this is, you know, a lot of us, I mean, I found out that Nat did not know what Wattpad was, which was shocking to me. But Wattpad is kind of infamous, for those of you that don't know online, for being kind of the... uh, the uh, beginner's really? version of <laughs> fanfiction.net. <laughs> uh, 
and and it is um i mean it has some success stories um those of you that are aware of the movie after that is based on a harry styles web uh Wattpad fan fiction. And then Fifty um, Shades was a Wattpad fan fiction too, right? I think it was fanfiction.net, but I'm not sure. Net. Yeah. I mean, oh. But I mean, it could have very easily been written. On yeah. Wattpad. I mean, oh, either or. <laughs> so Wattpad is a Canadian company. They're actually based in Toronto. You learn something new every day. <laughs> you notice that, like, there's a common theme of, like, everything bad coming from Canada. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> the least This has been like a really interesting, like Canadian episode. I feel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I just discovered Wattpad. I mean, I know it existed, but I didn't know exactly what it was. Really, uh, I knew that like people clowned it a lot, uh, but it wasn't until I. We I we had a discussion where I was introduced to um, Michael Jackson and Mariah Carey as a ship that I realized the depths of hell <laughs> that Wattpad is. Not to say that that's a bad ship. It's just wow. Well, wow. I think I think I think the I think the exemplary thing of Wattpad is like you you have something where a person is pregnant for nine days and then has the baby after nine days because <laughs> that's how pregnancy works. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think that I think that that explains what you could find on Wattpad. It's just it's such a strange place. Like I don't really understand its popularity per se. I think it's the but, um like you like okay i've seen some messed up stuff on ao3 not gonna lie but i feel like there's this level of freedom on wattpad where anything goes and it's not like anything like racist or gross or whatever like like i feel like ao3 is pretty much known for being offensive in a lot of ways Um, ao3 yeah oh oh yeah offensive really you should check out Stitch's um, pieces on AO3. Um, but also, like, from my experience, like, a lot of the quote-unquote trademark white feminism um, sort of takes place there. So a lot, there's... Maybe I just have a good way of avoiding it because I, I, I feel like um, whenever I come across any fan fiction, mm-hmm. I never come across anything that's too closely related to the real world. Mm. maybe that's just because of what i like the most of the stuff that i read you know but like i'm that is kind of messed up if that's i mean not kind of but definitely messed up if that's the case and it's kind of shocking to think that like ao3 is considered worse than wattpad because wattpad is like cheese and rice (laughs) i feel like (laughs) wattpad is also like yeah wattpad is also like just like terrible writing no if, okay let me stop because i know I'm, that's gonna be considered mean to somebody so let me just shut up <laughs> continue continue yeah. oh i i would say like a lot of the problems on ao3 from my experience are the same problems we have with media and representation and you know just just the things that um, are not okay are kind of okay. And a lot of people ask 
for, you know, more warnings, more tags, more, you know, more things to help you avoid things that are triggering and things that are, you know, offensive and stuff like that. And there is like zero support in a lot of ways. So that's why there's a lot of pieces, a lot, there's a lot of like writing on, you know, like the racist, specifically the racist, um, um, just environment of AO3. And wow, really? And like I just said, you can start with Stitch, but there's so many voices in, in publication and things like that who talk about it as well. So it's not, yeah, there's a lot of different, um, there's a lot of things that are wrong with AO3. For sure. I think, I think some of the, I think, you know, this is new to me because I've like, so most of the things I see on AO3 that I would classify as offensive, almost always, um, boil down to like a, offensive, uh, like, mm, okay, I, I should, maybe offensive isn't the word, but maybe like, um, you know, just like a trigger warning, like there's an issue with like, what consent is oh, oh and i'll just leave it yes. at that yeah i've I think seen that, that. There's a lot of that they have a lot yeah. of subtext too like dubious contents non-consent non-consensual consensual and like some like a lot of very like somnophilia. and then they'll put yeah. like if you don't like that don't read this sort of yeah. thing you know and i'm like i just from my experience of like reading a lot of game of thrones stuff yeah. I do find that generally for me, it has been easy to avoid. Yeah. Um, mostly because I just don't like, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to say that everybody who happens to come across that seeks it out. No, not that's not the truth. I just think that like, just because of like, it depends on what you're interested in. Some fandoms I do think just have a higher proportion of people that don't care. Like, Absolutely. like I remember back in the Tumblr days, like a big ship was like the Sherlock Holmes fandom and like the, and they had some really like messed up stuff, like messed up fan fiction about Sherlock and messed up fan fiction about like Destiel and like stuff like that. Well, the whole Alpha Omega thing was started by Supernatural fans who really yeah who were because i see that everywhere yeah yeah so basically they created this whole world because they wanted sam and dean together and sam and dean that was it was sam and dean yeah wincest i never knew that i always thought it was i always thought it was destiel i know I didn't realize that the whole that that whole thing was based on that is that like that is wow okay that that really puts things into perspective. <laughs> just, incest is something that you people just don't even care about. Like it's all so over. to me. It's and it's not just and you can't just say that it's just like certain um it's just like slash ships or it's just AO3. Because I remember back in the Tumblr days, like not I'm saying back in Tumblr days, like Tumblr don't exist anymore, but like people really hardcore shipped like like brother sister. Like I was super into Game of Thrones. And obviously Game of Thrones does have incest, right? You can't get over that. There's but like so it's just strange to me when people are like, because it's one thing to like consume media where there happens to be incest but there is a good story going on in the background of that. You know what I mean? Like it's not, the story's not about the incest. And the, if anything, the incest is being condemned. Right. But I think what's weird is like, when always creeps me out? Like what? Yeah. And it creeps the guys so out creepy. too. It creeps them yeah. out. Too. So they like, their, be- their reaction to it has not been like. I almost feel yeah. like Destio was made as a reaction to Wincest. Like, 
that's the whole reason for like the the producers kind of pushing that shit because honestly it's better than having incest you know yeah and then i would i mean i don't want to get too much into that that one though but i will say that like like i do know that there is a whole culture of like really inappropriate things and like tumblr tumblr even had a community for like i'm not gonna say it but y'all know what i'm talking about oh we know and it's like (laughs) i I think that it just everything things can be way stranger when people are inside of niches honestly i don't in terms of like the alpha verse and stuff like that I don't really think too much about that because I feel like I don't know. I just don't. I don't know. I never really did, to be honest. I don't really consume it. I, I think I watched like a couple YouTube videos about it and I was like, okay, well, that's a thing. But I don't know. In terms of like all of the incest and all of the dubious consent and all like that is the type of stuff that gets me because it's like, how can anybody enjoy consuming this? Like, it's just kind of a a weird area for me, you know? And I say that to say that like with (laughs) a lot of that stuff that I'm talking about, you saw that on Wattpad. Like that was a thing on Wattpad. And not, not like, okay, I will say that Wattpad probably has way more like, um, I think that the distinction between Wattpad and like AO3 is like most of what I've seen on AO3 is Slash and most of what I've seen on Wattpad is hit and and like i just find that what pet is just very like unreal (laughs) you know what i mean like it's just like it takes some it takes like a normal thing and makes it weird i think that my my feelings on Wattpad before were like it was more of a comical place like like things were just so ridiculous that they were funny you yeah. know, and I think that's how I kind of approached it. And because people usually said the quality was not great. I never read anything on Wattpad, but like in comparison, like people treat AO3 as if that's like the best fan fiction place to go for storytelling because it tends to have the best writers. Um, I And, you know, fanfiction.net is just old school. I mean, people are still using it, but. It, it's it's old school. Come on now. Exactly. exactly. And then like fanfiction.net too, isn't it? Like, I'm not sure because I don't really consume things from there. But like, I do remember reading or hearing that it was like very restricted to certain fandoms. Like they didn't have a lot of fandom options you could post about or something well, like that. They, they, I think they were taking a court. So there's, there are certain authors whose work cannot be used for fan fiction on that. Yeah. Site. And then on top of that, they don't have like AO3 is very, very much a place where you can write about anything because they, they have um, like NC 17 ratings, mature ratings. Like I think fanfiction.net went up to M. And you couldn't write anything explicit on there. So it is a little bit more friendly for younger people, I would say. Um, yeah. Because of that, where AO3, I mean, you could write the next. AO3, you could literally write. Like, that's why I always say, like, like, people should always tag their work. And then when you're going to search for something, you should always, like, try to filter as much as you can. Or you will get the weirdest things that you never in a million years wanted to see. Um, and and so yeah, I just find this like to be a really interesting move from neighbor just because it's like we joke about you know Wattpad just being like a place 
for us to make jokes about because like a lot of times when people do those re- like overly dramatic fan fiction reading um yeah. it's always from what pad and it's always like really funny because it's so bad um but and and i'm not saying there's not any good writers on what pad don't get me wrong i just i think that bad writers are overrepresented on <laughs> Wattpad. Um, but I think that the, it's an interesting move because Wattpad has been making a lot of money moves in terms of like we talked before the show, they have Wattpad Studios now. Like they're making movies off of people's fan fiction, which is like... That's, yeah, actually that's the angle I think that they were going for. Like a lot of people are like, oh, well, this is the place that they mine for drama, um, like drama ideas and summaries and stuff like that. So maybe that's why it was a smart idea for them because they noticed that they're like, maybe they have a huge Korean audience of, you know, people who write webtoons, people who write dramas, who find like a lot of the ridiculous things on Wattpad and think, hmm. But it makes you wonder, like, will will issues of censorship come into play? And I say that because the weird, the funny thing about Wattpad is like, you know, all of those things where it's like a list of the most problematic moments in K-pop and stuff like that. Like, I've actually seen a lot of that type of content on Wattpad. So like, they'll use the story format, but it'll actually just be like a listicle, you know, like an article. Yeah. It's not even like a fan fiction or a story. Are you implying that like somebody took it or if it's just the same person? Wait, what do you mean? Well, you're saying that you've seen it like in those videos, but are you trying to say that like somebody like took it from those videos? No, no, no. I think I, I'm talking about something different. Now. I'm talking about like um, whenever I go searching for things related to K-pop, like anything, it could be like I'm trying to figure out what an idol's birthday is or something like that. Mm-hmm. You can I, I, I often find that there's like a Wattpad book that's like dedicated to discussing like it'll be like a K profiles in a Wattpad book format or it'll be like a, a article written in a Wattpad book format. It's like somebody's nonfiction intellectual work just written on Wattpad like a, like almost like it's a social media outlet and uh. I wonder like I guess what I'm saying is, is to that end could there be some censorship coming into play on behalf of Neighbor because okay this is going to sound way off topic, but it's not. Trust me. Okay. So the most recent run BTS episode was uh, they were cooking again. But except for this time, they were cooking with a very specific type of canned ham that was made from like Korean farmers. And like it's endorsed by like this popular Korean chef. And they had BTS cooking with it. And like the whole time they were holding the can up to the screen with like the branding facing forward. And then like all like these can cans of ham were like stacked up all over the set and they held it to the camera and they like would talk about it like it's a commercial. And the whole episode was just this big commercial for this ham. And at the very end of the episode, the, they had a, they had a special guest on there and the special guest was the chef, the Korean chef who like invented this ham. And so at the very end of the episode, he's like saying, you know, I hope that while you guys are off promoting K-pop, that you also promote Korean food and promote our country. And like it, it was like it was like the most straightforward way of saying we are trying to brainwash you into loving South Korea that I've ever seen. And I found that really, really interesting 
right? Because I Naver is one of South Korea's biggest companies. Naver is their Google, right? And if Naver goes off and buys this website that has a lot of international K-pop fans on it, writing things that are sometimes disparaging about Korea and K-pop, it makes you wonder with all of this, like the K-wave and everything, are they going to try to scrub that website of any references to negative things about South Korea? Hmm. That's a really, really good point. And I think when you hint on and we maybe touch on a lot of like soft power versus hard power when it comes to K-pop. And I definitely think that that is connected because it's not, it's not just idols who make music that people love. It's pushing an idea of Korea. And some people would say it's like, he flat out, it, it just was so creepy because he flat out said in the episode, like you guys are like promoting. It's not like, I don't know. There's a difference to me between like patriotism and like loving where you're from. And then like outwardly telling people like kind of trying to brainwash people about how great your country is. I don't know. There's kind of a difference to me, like a really yeah, thin no, absolutely. I And I think, I don't know. Imagine if like, I don't really want to use America because it is like, it's America, right? <laughs> but like, imagine if Canada would like hire Drake and they told Drake, Drake, this brand of maple syrup featured <laughs> in all of your. <laughs> Was that racist? <laughs> they make us learn how to like tap the trees for it and stuff like that in middle school. But yeah, squad. <laughs> but like, what if what if like Justin Trudeau was like Drake, like feature this maple syrup at all like in one of your Instagram lives, and like go on shows and talk about how much you love lumberjacks and flannel and snow Tim and Tim Hortons and Tim Hortons only ever eat poutine whenever you're seen eating it has to be poutine nothing else for the rest of your life and like tell people that canada has so many beautiful sightseeing spots and it's the only country where you can go sightseeing. you know what i mean like you know what's actually really funny about that you i think you mentioned it like a while ago about like how like everybody like I Korean idols and like celebrities and stuff like that, they always act like ramen is like it's just like the oh my God. only thing that you have to eat or whatever, right? And the funny thing is, ramen is not it's not very good for you. Like it's you know like sodium is in ramen content. Like it's it's actually on par with poutines, but like we acknowledge that poutines are great, but you can't eat them every day. But in Korea, they're like, yeah, we just make this Korean ramen, we have it for dinner, we have it. and dinner. Like it's it's in every you know, it's an all day, everyday meal. I like that is actually like a really good comparison. That was a really good point that you brought up. Uh, like even it, ja- yeah. even Japan doesn't talk about ramen like Korea does. No, no, they and don't. they invented ramen. Yeah. And I, I just feel like I, I, I don't know. And maybe I'm just really hypersensitive to it. But I just always feel like I'm being sold the concept of Korea, and I don't. And I think that, you know, it's cool to like, don't get me wrong. I'm sure Korea is a great country. I just, I think it's a little bit, um, what's the word? I think it's kind of, huh? Realistic. Yeah. And it's like a little bit misleading to like, you know, their audience is mostly like teenage girls and to take them at an impressionable, like in their impressionable mindset and be like, you, you know what? Okay. The concrete, I think the reason why like it bothers me a lot is because I see a lot of 
K-pop stands feeding into that idea that Korea is a utopia. Mm-hmm. And I think it leads to unrealistic expectations from idols, unrealistic expectations for when they go and travel to South Korea and then they get their heart broken because they're looking for something that they'll never be able to find because Korea is not a utopia. And it, or or it, it's beyond that. They end up being harmed, you know, because, for example, like there have been like people who, you know, like YouTubers, they'll go to Korea and I've seen situations where girls talk about being taken advantage of. Because people are, they know that you want to have the Korean experience or the K-pop experience. So they're taking it, they're preying on that, you know? And I think that's really disgusting. And and, And maybe it's my Western point of view. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's, you know, I shouldn't be saying that. But like, I, I don't know. If America was doing that, I would be really heated. Like if my country was preying on little Japanese girls and telling them, come over here so that you can get a piece of, Sean Mendez you know what I mean like that would feel really gross to me and I think that like the fact that there's like trying to slide in that everything about like girl this is <laughs> we might have to take this up the episode just as a warning to whoever's editing this I just have to say this you know how I told y'all I've been like trying to make more Korean food mm-hmm. I've been trying to try some of the stuff that I see like these idols eat on these shows just to see if I like it. Right. Especially, you know, I would BTS and two by two, like big hit, they do a lot of like cooking episodes and it's always almost always Korean food. Right. So I try to watch it or whatever. And I try to like follow the recipe and cook it or whatever. And it's either not that delicious or it's like, I realize after the fact, just how many calories and carbs I've just consumed. That it's just not good for me. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and it's not like average Koreans are eating that. Like, I think people have to realize these idols, they're not really eating ramen every day. No, some of them are barely eating air every day. <laughs> they're just chopping on ice. Just chopping on ice. <laughs> you, you, can't, you can't look like that and eat ramen every day. I'm sorry. Well, it's not possible. Absolutely not. And I love ramen. Like, I love ramen. But let right. me tell you, I pick up that one package of ramen once every two months. Because you cannot eat it. And I don't even use the full seasoning package, okay? I use like a half of it. Right. Or like the amount of pork that like can be consumed in one meal that your skin would be breaking out. There will be so many health issues happening. Like it's just not real. Just be like, and then that's not going in on Korean culture because there's a lot more to Korean food than like the stuff that you see on. I think that they try to show the easiest things to make or like the least common denominator. Like, right. Like American fast food. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Like they don't show you um, like, for example, one thing that they're not going to promote in terms of America is like um, when I lived in California, literally, I probably ate a, a bowl of kale every day. I swear. <laughs> but they're not going to promote that. They're going to promote McDonald's. Yeah. No, absolutely. You know? Even like a lot of the things that are like traditional there that we know about, like seaweed soup on your birthday. I have never, ever in my life seen anybody show you how to make that. But I have seen people show you how to make ramen 10 hundred different ways. Mm-hmm. Anything that has a lot of salt, that has a lot of carbs and has a lot of cheese and pork. Those mm-hmm. are the things that you always see them making and they always show you how to make it. Like, what's their favorite option? Uh, and it's like, no, I want to see it, the healthy stuff. I want to see the, the stuff that has vegetables, you know, like. <laughs> right. And I think I think I think it comes from a place of like you want to like 
it's like the tastiest foods that you want to show people because that's what's going to get people to be like, mm, this is actually good. Let me try more. Right. It's not the necessarily always going to be the healthiest things, even though to me, healthy and tasty can definitely go hand in hand. And I think that's why like I more so respect. Okay. No, cut the, cut that part out. I, I'm going to say it this way. I think that's why I'm more so like, when I eat Japanese food or like consume Japanese content, I do feel like it's different. I feel like, you know, they're not just promoting like the most base version of Japan to me, if that makes sense. Yeah. They're promoting. I think part of that is because Japan, I think, has made like, like I like listen to this like radio program about like Japan's cuisine and like how they're very proud of their history and like how like long they've been making these certain foods and how they have it down to like a science and like it's a very like a big thing that you know that they have things made a certain way and very traditional and um, you know, it's a point of pride for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I also too, I watch like Sunday Love, and I love her videos. She's a, she's a black girl living in Japan, mm-hmm. and they have vending machines with fresh fruit. Like, yeah, it's really hard for you. Like, you can eat badly anywhere, but Japan. Like, and I actually did see like another YouTube video about like how people, why J- Jap- Japan, like, or the Japanese people tend to be healthier than a lot of people in the world and it's because like they have vending machines like everywhere else but they're not giving you cats and they're not giving you like oreos they're giving you actual food like and they stress they actually do stress um you know a lot of vegetables like they eat rice yeah but you know you can eat rice and still be healthy like they they're not out here being like we eat ramen for every meal you know and we eat pork belly for every meal you know and right or like or like I feel I find that too a big thing with like a lot of the at least my board groups that I look at it's like oh it's totally cool to eat at a convenience store every single day like that's not healthy like especially if you look at the options at the convenience store <laughs> it's like fried chicken bomb but yes every day like you can't I am so glad we're talking about this because girl let me tell you like I was talking to my friend the other day and we were talking about alcohol culture he was asking me like so you know he was asking me do you drink and like what's alcohol culture like I don't even know how we've never talked about this before but I think it's because I don't really drink that much but um I was like telling him like over here you know, alcohol culture definitely depends on like what demographic you're in. If you are a white male in college, it's going to be way different than if you're like a 50 year old black woman. Like it, the alcohol culture, the types of alcohol you consume is going to be different. How you consume it, why everything, you know, whereas he was kind of like giving me the the idea that like alcohol is kind of consumed as a pastime. And it's seen as like having a good time, you know, all the time. You know what I mean? It's not like something that you can do socially. It's like if you drink, you're going to drink a lot. Like you're going to binge drink every time. And that kind of goes for everybody. It's not just like select groups of people. It's like if you're a college student and you drink, you're going to drink your friends under the table. And like he was telling me like a common question 
in in when you like meet somebody's like how do you drink or something like that i can't quite translate it correctly but it was like how do you drink and, and it's like I can't tell you the last time I had a conversation with somebody who, who drank enough alcohol to ask me that type of question. No, <laughs> you know no, I mean? absolutely. I mean, if you look at it, Korea has like this huge market and just like hangover products, you know, like hangover stew, hangover drinks, hangover lollipops or uh, freezies. I saw like in the drama ones. I'm just like, alcohol is so bad for you. Like it literally ages you from the inside and to think that like your culture is pretty okay with that to the extent where they've created a whole new market to support it like <laughs> that is insane that is actually kind of on level with like you know gun culture in some countries yeah no i i feel that too like you know smoking lobbyists who've pushed who probably also invest in things like nicorette you know like being both the cause and, you know, the solution. It's it's kind of like an insane thing that we don't, like people who consume Korean culture don't talk about a lot of the time. Right. Um, I feel like, I feel like that's part of like getting to know the culture is getting to know yeah. the parts of it that can contribute to like negative outcomes. Right. Because every culture has that. It's not, I'm not saying it's unique to Korean culture, uh, but I, I am saying that like, it is just very interesting to me that like, whenever you consume a lot of like at least for me consuming k-pop content all, almost always comes with the caveat that you're consuming korea and wow. i don't think that should always have to be the case like when you consume think about it if you consume brit pop you're not necessarily consuming <laughs> england like you know what i mean <laughs> yeah like, they're not on there talking about beans and mashed and he yeah, like, like and the queen, they don't have the queen in the background. They're not like. <laughs> honestly, you know what's funny? I feel like British pop stars kind of distance themselves from England a little bit. Like Harry Styles, straight up just moved to LA. Like he just <laughs> left his life behind. And, and absolutely, you absolutely. know. And I, I get it, being proud of your culture, but like, I just don't, I, I just don't want there to become this thing where, um, we push. You know what? It it just kind of keeps harkening back to like that whole thing with Black Lives Matter and COVID and how so many people who I like outside of K-pop, like there's YouTubers that I like, you know, who have nothing to do with K-pop. But then when all the Black Lives Matter stuff was happening and then like the K-pop fans were flooding the police stations and all that, they were commending them. And I'm like, but they're not actually that great. Or like when K-pop yeah. groups were donating, they were saying, look at how great it is that they're donating. And then I'm like, yeah, but these same groups will turn around and call you the N-word in a heartbeat. And they know what it means. It's not like they just heard it in a song once and didn't understand. No, they know what it means. They will call you uh, uh, all types of kamdungis. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that donation doesn't mean anything. Especially so... Where does the money that Black Lives Matter collects go to? There has been some questions on that. Yeah. Um, as far as like, there's some like questions on like who exactly like is in charge and where they're taking the money and where it's going from my understanding it's kind of turning into a like someone needs to be held accountable type yeah. issue and yeah See, because, I, I, 
Sorry. No, sorry. I was going to say that um, don't donate to Black Lives Matter, guys. I don't care. Yeah, like, I always don't. say donate directly to a specific thing. Somebody, right? Don't donate to a foundation. Yes. Right. So like donate, I, like even to like other stuff like Susan G. Coleman or like um, American Red Cross or whatever. Oh like, my God, don't donate to the Red Cross. Look, donate, speci- you, what you need to do is like, if you're going to donate, donate to a specific hospital. Donate yeah. to the cancer unit in that hospital. Donate to, or if you want to do like racial justice, I know recently an anonymous donator, donor just donated $40 million to um, the NAACP to fund uh, law students who are going into civil rights. Yeah. Like that's donate. what you want to donate to. Yeah, donate to grassroots organizations that are on the ground that are putting up doing stuff. Like mm. there's a like in my ethics class, they the teacher stressed. She's like, look, if if an organization is nonprofit and has a board, do not put money into it because that means it has people that it has to pay, and mm-hmm. that usually leads to a lot of um, not all the time, obviously. So you do your research, but. Once you have people making money off of specific, you know, issues and things like that, people get greedy. People get right. And don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with demanding a livable wage. It just because you work in a nonprofit doesn't mean you can't demand that. But I think the problem becomes when like you are misleading people about where that money's going. Like I know that wasn't that the big thing with like FEMA back during like Hurricane Katrina or something like that. Um, Not FEMA specifically, but the money that FEMA was supposed to be getting. Yeah, FEMA's. Mm -hmm. I did a, actually a class on social disasters and we did focus a lot on Katrina and FEMA was just a mess, but I, I think it was more so because they had so much that they needed to do and they didn't have the resources to do it. Mm. So that's where a lot of the mismanagement went. went. Um, there are a lot of people on the ground who are doing really, really great work in Katrina. They just, it was, the government didn't care about the people enough to manage it properly and, and that's just a high and since then they pulled more and more money from it and so like in the next big disaster i don't know what's gonna happen out there um it's actually like a really interesting field <laughs> if it wasn't yeah traumatic, i would have definitely continued along with it because it is really important but um, yeah i think the yeah. moral of the story here though is just like i think we're just kind of getting back to the whole neighbor buying what yes. it's an interesting move it's a it's a good I, I think it is a good business move for neighbor. I just don't like the idea that this can now become like either neighbor gets to like uh, unfairly profit off of and use the original works of like people who don't know how to defend themselves in court yeah. in the in the case that that happens because that happens a lot. Companies steal so much stuff. Yep, and never claim yeah. the originators. Like it's, it's and it's so easy with the internet for like when I see stuff on Twitter, sometimes like people will post things or like just creative stuff. And I'll see people be like, put copyright on that. They're like, you know, put something on that, like before someone steals it, because I mean, and I mean, you see all the people that get taken to court, like when a huge, I like a huge idea or movie or some song or something gets really big. And right. somebody's like, well, I came up with this idea a long time ago and it's really similar to what you did. And 
Well, like the recent thing, right, is like uh, TikTok and like Renegade and all these black dances being created by these black children. But then you got people, all of these white influencers who get to reap the benefits and become millionaires and get to go to the NBA All-Star game and on these red carpets from doing these black kids dances. And then Ellen will bring them on their show on her show. But she won't bring the black kids that originated the stuff like this type of thing happens a lot. And I think that this could be an issue, especially because neighbor is a Korean company buying a a non-Korean company, acquiring a non-Korean company. You have a huge issue of like copyright laws are so different. And in the United States, the way it works is the moment you publish something, it's it's actually already copyright written. Like you don't have to do anything else. So you can sue. The moment somebody uses something that you published, right? But every country's different. And I think that like that could present um, a conflict of interest. It could also, the, the idea like we talked about earlier about censorship. I mean, China has done that a lot. <laughs> like me and Nat talk a lot about one show that me and Nat liked a lot in, in a book was um, Grandmaster Demonic Cultivation. And like, j- like when that, when that story is given to you and when it's translated before it's trans if it's translated by a professional translator in china best believe you're not gonna get <laughs> what the author wanted you to get out of that story yeah you just because to, of what it deals with yeah you have to you definitely have to get that bootleg version, <laughs> that bootleg version. And you have to get that the fan translators and all of that you know what i mean you can't get that that the actual copy of it or like the don't is so much different from the novel I mean, it's the same with the drama. Exactly. They, they completely take the romance out of that story because it's censorship. And, and I'm, and I don't think Korea would necessarily, I don't know though, to be fair, Korea does have a homophobic society. So, and we did just have this big scandal with like that rapper Rohan trying to say that RPS is the same thing as being the nth room basically, which Lord Jesus is a fire and and honestly let's say that he had a point there even if he had a point what's that really saying because the government ain't doing nothing about the infirm so what makes you think they're gonna do something about this if you say those are the same thing right but Mm. yeah I I think those are my two biggest concerns with um, this acquisition based on everything that we just talked about and I'm probably I'm, like I said, I'm probably way off base and somebody probably think I'm doing too much. But I mean, I just don't put it past them considering the increase in propaganda I've been seeing lately, likely because their economy is struggling a little bit because of the fact that of COVID. And honestly, people, I mean, why would you want to go out of your own country, let alone, you know what I mean? Like you wouldn't want to do that right now. Yeah, you're not leaving your house, so you're not gonna fly to another country. Right, and like the and then the and then they can't outsource their products either because it's like they can't just send BTS over here to do concerts, you know? No, so they're losing a lot of money from this. Yeah, I mean it's funny because like they were complaining a lot about the tickets for that concert at the end of the year last year, but it's like real tickets to see BTS live. Are so much more expensive. It's like four hundred dollars for a decent seat. So think about like all the money that these companies are not making right now because they cannot tour, and you know now they're charging you know fifty bucks, whatever, for like a a ticket. You're like, "Mm, that's a lot, (laughs) right? They can't make money on. Oh, for example, okay, I know I've been kind of talking about this for weeks, but uh, we ordered some appliances 
girl, I'm still waiting on them appliances and it's from Korean companies. So you know, <laughs> things like that, like even because it's like, now you have backups with shipping and you have delays yeah. with it. And because of that, it, that's affecting the Korean economy. Like Samsung, LG, these companies still ship worldwide and they still have to deal with COVID just like the rest of us. Yeah. I will and, say uh-huh. I did order something from AliExpress. They told me I was going to get it in 30 to 50 days. Girl, you wilding. I would order <laughs> <laughs> I literally, I got them in two to three weeks, which was actually <laughs> very surprising to me. I was like, oh, AliExpress is not lying this time. Because it is coming all the way from China. So I was like, oh, I'm not going to get this. I-, I will get it when I forgot that I placed the order. That's usually I how was it ordering from AliExpress before COVID. Now that COVID <laughs> is here, girl, that stuff is going to take a couple years at least. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what, what, you know, that's how they're, what route they're taking or whatever. But this was the fastest I've ever received anything from AliExpress. I'm not going to lie. Wow. So maybe, maybe China knows something. Or maybe, you know, maybe they're a little bit faster than the Koreans right now, but. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Something, some is afoot yeah. because girl, I cannot, I could not even imagine, but yeah. just, yeah, just because of the amount of money that like South Korea gets from tourism and gets from its entertainment industry, best believe that they've been, that. I'm not saying that they had huge decreases, but they definitely noticed that it's not growing as much as it was in 2019, you know? And tourism also huge. People go to, you know, to concerts there. Um, people they go, go to eat the, the ramen for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> <laughs> and, and have like um, Korean fried chicken, you know, with, um, with a snack. It's so soju good. and beer. It's so good. But also, yeah, like, they're definitely feeling the tourism, the lack of tourism too. So uh, yeah, it's, it's, I can see why, you know, they're maybe looking for new avenues and that's why everybody on um, Instagram seems to be an influencer right now, because that's how, you know, a lot of these idols are making their money. So like who? girl, this oh, is how you know that the pandemic is real. Tell me why I saw a commercial that Red Lobster is doing lobster tail in a filet for $19.99 with two sides. That's cheap. That's how you know the pandemic is real. Let me me see what Red Lobster Canada is doing because that is a good price. But anyways, uh, yeah, no, I've just noticed like a lot of these idols now, like they're doing a lot of like sponsorships for like Prada and like, like a lot of the high brands, obviously, uh, is definitely an uptick on that. Um, Crystal's, you know, promoting cars on there. Like every idol that I follow is doing some sort of ad. If it's beauty, if it's not beauty, it's a high-end designer line or it's a car. Like those are the things that I'm seeing a lot of, and everybody's doing it. It even like people who you think have money are doing it. So yeah, that's kind of yeah. yeah you at. gotta have your side hustle. You have <laughs> to. I mean, I I, I get it. Yeah. I, it's funny though because I just don't see other traditional celebrities doing this i mean obviously all celebrities do endorsements but what i'm saying is yeah i don't see other traditional celebrities like pushing this like i do k-pop and i think um you can even look to like korean athletes like the ice skater was it was she an ice skater or a gymnast Kimina? yeah i think that's her name yeah like she's huge yeah I don't know. Did she come out with a ramen commercial recently? No, probably not. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's interesting. They know where their, their money makers are. I'll say that. So, but yeah, that's all I really have to say on the topic. 
my uh, throat starting to hurt. Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> I think we've gone through all of the topics for this episode. So awesome. All right. Well, it sounds like that was just another episode of Not Your Average Netizens. Um, as always, you can find us on SoundCloud, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast. Um, where else are we? Spotify. And you can also reach us at notyouraveragenetizens at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter at NYA Netizens. And we're also on um, Instagram at Now Your Average Netizens. Um, we also have our Patreon. Um, if you're interested, we have two tiers. Um, we have a $1 tier. We have a $3 tier. Um, we provide content for each. Um, there's some good podcasts there, some outtakes, um, a lot of album reviews. And we're adding more things every week. So if you're interested in some additional content, um, check it out. And that is also at Not Your Average Netizens on Patreon. And as well, um, we will be adding more additional content as the months go on. So, yeah, feel free to check it out. And we just would like to thank you guys for continuing to listen to the podcast. Before we leave out, do you guys want to make any shout outs? Yes. Shout outs to the United States of America for getting Donald Trump on up out of here. Shout outs to. Um, sorry, I just happened to look up at my TV in that weird episode of Family Guy with Kiss is on and it just startled me for a second. Um, you know what? Anti shout outs to whoever did the the set list, I should say, for the inauguration because <laughs> they tried to have J Lo sing, and you know I had to mute. She um, was lip syncing anyway. That voice sounded way too good to be hers. It wasn't I mean, hers. She's known. <laughs> she's known for not singing her own songs. People like this is her thing. This is her thing. Some people have ghost writers. JLo has ghost singers. Um, shout outs to who has not disappointed me lately. Wow. Shiny. Shout out to Shiny. Oh my yeah. goodness. Shout out to Shiny. Shout out to Shiny. They did a, a V Live recently. They were really adorable. Timmy was speaking English once again. Key was correcting him once again. It was so sweet. Um, I just, I love them. They are so funny to me. Um, shout outs to Taehyun from Tomorrow by Together and Bomgyu. Even though Bomgyu be like low-key annoying me sometimes, he literally is like a mini Taemin. And I think it's really funny. But that, even, I, ironically, I'm not going to shout out my two-by-two two bias. <laughs> um, what about you guys? Um, shout outs to Kamala Harris. Um, she's doing it out here for all the women of color, black, Jamaican, um, Asian. She's just a really great example of 
all the good things about our country, which people, I think, forgot a lot about in the last four years, or they weren't a parent in the last four years. So, yeah, um, I'm going to copy Jimin and give an anti shout out to Jungkook. I don't like that blonde hair, buddy. Um, change it back. Hey, it's not that bad. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it. He's not a blonde. <laughs> I don't, think he has, I don't think he has the right tones for the blonde. No, I think I think he looks cute. I think that he's. Mm, I think that some people dark hair is what suits them, right? Yes. Like their natural hair color. I think if he had like, I think if he had really dark roots and they were more prominent, I think it would look better. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. You know what I hate? Just as a side note. Yeah. Please stop bleaching these idols' eyebrows to go with their bleached hair. <laughs> Like, please don't do that. Yeah, like I, I just feel they're like not actually dangerous. Nordic. <laughs> I, I, just, I just feel like it's really dangerous having bleach so close to your eyes like that. <laughs> yeah, like, just, it, it makes me worried more so than anything else. But yeah. Well, you know, I, I've okay, I've never bleached any part of my hair or anything, but I just imagine that it would be a burning sensation on your eyebrows, and that yes. won't, that doesn't sound comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree. He just yeah. looks better with black hair. But yes, I agree. <laughs> uh, so sh- shout out to us. Shout out to the listeners. Uh, shout out to Sexy JB for opening uh, Twitter and being an old man on Twitter. Love it. Uh, <laughs> uh, shout out to Shiny because they are coming back. Shout out to 2PM. They are coming back. Shout out to G Dragon. He is coming back. I feel like the second gen is just here. And I'm I'm here for it. I'm They're the first generation that gets to come back from the military with like a strong internet presence. Yes. So like a strong international internet presence. Yes. So, so. I love it. I'm so excited. I yeah, I'm just really excited. It's gonna be like it's gonna remind me of those days when I just got into K-pop and all the groups were like popping and like yeah, I'm just excited. I'm I think all the second gen fans are are just really excited about this and what it means like seeing their success might bring back some other groups. So you know, I'm here for it. I want to uh, shout out something else. Oh okay. wait, are you done? I wasn't done, but you can go so you don't forget. Well, I just want to go ahead and shout out Aaron Yeager, you know, (laughs) just doing the thing, just being evil. We love to see it. (laughs) Just wearing Aaron Yeager is all coat, no shirt. No shirt. All coat, no shirt. That's that's how you know that uh that's how you know that he's Satan because only somebody evil would wear a coat with no shirt. So shout out to him though. Go ahead. Sorry, I just yeah. Shout out to Isayama and you know Attack on Titan. We have an end date for the manga. We have this last season of the anime. I am behind, but you know whatever. I read the manga. I'm not really behind people. But anyways, yeah, I'm excited to see where this goes. And anti shout out to Oda who writes One Piece because I I am dropping One Piece because Oda supports <laughs> a pedophile. So just Whoa. throw that out there, guys. You Don't know what. I tried to write it, watch an episode of One Piece. Um, so on on my TV, I was just kind of scrolling through some, through some different, like those little apps that you have like on the TV thing. Yeah. And um, there was this like anime one. And I was like, it had like all day anime. And like One Piece was on for like five hours straight. So I was like, okay, I'm going to try One Piece. Um, 
Are there black people in One Piece? There are black people in One Piece. Huh. Okay. I thought they were black, but I had to make sure. Uh, yeah, I I actually really enjoy One Piece. I'm actually, I was on episode 300 and something. And for Soju, I was, that was the show that I was getting into. Mm. But he supports him and a whole bunch of other like, Mangakas support Watsuki, who wrote um, Rorunen Kenshin, which is also very popular and um, manga and stuff like that. But this dude admitted in court that he likes young girls, like what? middle school, elementary school girls. He only got a fine because, of course, it's Japan. And so, yeah, I, I saw that. And like, there's actually like a list of a whole bunch of like mangakas who support him. And I just said, well, just crossing one piece off the list, crossing a whole bunch of other mangas and animes off the list. I do not make sure you that. send that list because I, I want to make sure. I will. Yeah. Uh, so, like an anti shout out to Oda because I actually really did enjoy One Piece, but I cannot, in good good faith, like I can't be out here, like you know, turning off R. Kelly and watching One Piece. I just cannot do that, guys. So, sorry, don't support people who support trash. So, uh, but yeah, and lastly, shout out to God Seven. I'm going to get my album soon. I'm going to put a picture on our Twitter when I get my albums. I'm so happy. <laughs> you should I, do, you should do those little bougie spreads that like, <laughs> yes. do, you know. I was about to say you should do like an unboxing or something. Listen, I have learned about unboxing culture through this because I had to decide which Breath of Love album I was going to buy because they don't have a group one. They just have the ones for each individual members. So I was like, okay, so... I could have got Mark, but I was like, hmm, I can wait and see what they're going to get in. So I waited and now I'm going to get Jin Young's. And I saw this girl. She must have had like 17 copies of these albums. I was just like, girl, you're rich. You have to be because these albums are not cheap. So <laughs> unboxing culture is insane. Like, I, honestly, I, the only unboxings I really watch are like tech unboxings because yeah. I find the other ones like, what you know i i can go and also buy something from the local store and yeah. unbox it i can't do that with an iphone 12 <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Think because I think unboxings are helpful because if they have multiple versions of an album you mm. want to get the one that appeals best to you right Fair. so that's why i watch them but i i learned a lot from watching this i learned that there's a lot of waste in this world <laughs> from watching them I oh mean, my goodness like the type of stuff they put in k-pop albums yeah. I think it should be illegal to do stuff like that because it's just so much waste. Yes. How many different pieces of paper do you need? Yes. You get these photo cards, you get these other things, you get these bookmarks, you get these keychains. I was just like, what? There's no end. And I'm like, yeah, you know, it's cute and stuff. And like this one girl, she puts all the cards in like, um, you know, those card sleeve things. So like she mm -hmm. has like each idol and stuff like that. So I mean, for her, she wants to collect all of them. So that's why she gets so many albums. But also I'm just like, so what do you do with these albums that you're not playing because nobody has CD players anymore? You know, that's facts. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I, and that's why I don't have a lot of albums. I have, like, I have two albums right now. So now this is going to be four albums. I can't talk right though, because I did just recently buy an LP and I have yet to buy a record player. But you plan to buy a record player? Yes. Okay, yes. so then that's fine. I know a lot of these kids are not going out to buy a Sony Walkman, okay? So it's like... Well, let me find out Sony still sell my Walkmans. I got Beyonce CD I need to listen to. <laughs> I have a lot of that I still need to listen to, but yeah, no. I'm very excited, but yeah, I'm going to put a picture up when I get these albums. I'll try to make it look pretty. We'll see. Okay, fun! 
That's, that's it for me. Anything else from you guys? No. Nope. Ready to go. Ash, see us out. All right. That's it. See you guys on the next episode. Bye. Bye. Bye.